This is episode 352 of The Real Me and Colon, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at Pixar's latest film, Turning Red. Is the controversy warranted? All that and more, this episode starts right now. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Real Me and Colin, the movie podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me on this wonderful day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome. And speaking of you guys, if you could spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. You know, maybe there's someone out there that is not a movie fan or just doesn't like movies that much. Maybe we can have them listen to these episodes and maybe they can become as weirdly obsessed with movies as we are, but I, I think that is a great obsession. It, it just it causes us to talk about, you know, art in a very unique way, you know, whether it just be for pure entertainment or if it's actually thought provoking and it, it evokes an emotion within us. Like there's so many things that movies can do. It's just a very special uh, thing for me. And I hope it brings, you know, a specialness to you guys and, you know, to maybe other people that listen to this. So uh, thank you guys for all of your support throughout all these weeks and years. You guys are great. So, like I said at the top, is episode 352. I will be going over Pixar's Turning Red. You know, it's uh, striking up a, a lot of controversy um, with how it addresses certain situations that people may go through when growing through puberty and stuff. And uh, I, I have some um, just thoughts on that before we get into the review. But the review of uh, Turning Red will be the main topic of conversation. And then before that, uh, addressing the controversy as well, I would like to just kind of go over my favorite Pixar films. Uh, no, In no particular order. I don't have like a top five, but you know, I just want to kind of like point out certain ones that um, just really mean a lot to me. And uh, you know, maybe uh, ones that you watched and maybe want to go back and revisit or something just from the way I talk about it. Who knows? But um, that's what I'm going to talk about before turning red. Uh, before I get into all that, I got to ask. How you guys doing? You guys doing pretty good? Um, it is still cold here. Why? It is almost April, my dudes and dudettes. Uh, I don't, I don't like that. I really don't. And so, uh, that's just me complaining about the weather. But, uh, me personally on how I'm doing, I'm doing okay. Um, there is, there is some stuff that's happening in my personal life that I will not dive into here. But you know, it, it has affected me for the past couple weeks, and it's just something I have to learn learn to deal with and tackle head on and not let it affect, you know, uh, my work life or like when I do this and stuff, but it, it is a struggle. And, uh, I just want to let you guys know that, you know, everything is, is not fine in some regards, but it is something that, you know, as an adult, you have to just kind of, you kind of had just have to address and you have to just move forward with it. And so, you know, um, I, I might be, you know, more open to talk about it in the future, but just how I'm doing in my headspace and just how I'm doing, uh, personally, I'm doing okay to like, not well. So, you know, it happens sometimes. Um, and it's not just me going to my therapy sessions, uh, for my anxiety. There's, there's more to it, but, um, yeah, just want to let you guys know that just be upfront with you. So that's why, like, uh, Sometimes I've been spacey this week and, you know, my head is just not really 100% there. And so I just want to let you guys know that, you know, um, you know, as I do these things and stuff, if I like have long pauses or whatever, it's just, it's, uh, it's been a couple weeks, you know, of just stuff. So, you know, there's that. 
So uh, other than that, um, we caught up on some stuff. Uh, we watched the season one finale of How I Met Your Father. It's a it's a charming enough, uh, you know, kind of spit off of How I Met Your Mother. I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it, but I'm not like uh, completely sold on it 100%, but I will say the last few episodes have really impressed me. So I, I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, in terms of new stuff, not really. We've just been kind of watching older films. Uh, this past week, I saw um, I saw one in theaters. Um, you guys will get a review for here pretty soon. X, um, the new horror film from director Ty West in A24. So that um, will be coming soon. And then I do have a screening of The Lost City next week. So that will also be a podcast episode in some way, shape, or form. I haven't decided yet, but um, yeah. So that's kind of like the upcoming slate of films I got. Uh, and then TV shows, really nothing. I'm just still trying to watch Breaking, uh, Better Call Saul. So I almost said Breaking Bad. I'm just like, no, I've already finished that. So yeah, that's what's been going on with me life-wise and just catching up on uh, other stuff. So let's talk about let's talk about the controversy first of Turning Red. And then I'll dive into some of my favorite Pixar films. So the controversy seems to be from parents um, talking about a couple things. One... They're disappointed that the main character talks back to the parents. And two, that the film is an allegory for puberty, girls having their period, and just overall um, emotional maturity, physical maturity. They seem to have a problem with that. That's really dumb. <laughs> um, yes, it, does the main character in the film start to have her period? Absolutely. And that is an important part for for women growing up. And I will never understand that because I'm a I'm a man. But I can I can be empathetic towards it, and I can totally understand like, um, you know how important that is to a woman. Like I can understand that. Um, and so people are complaining about that, which I think is like I said, it's weird because it's a very important part. It's a very important part of a young woman's, um, you know, just growth as a person. And then two was the main character kind of talking back and having this attitude. Have you not seen any other Disney films? Like that seems to be like the main thing kids do in these animated films. They talk back sometimes. Their their um, emotions are at an all-time high. They might yell at their parents. Like it's it's okay. They're at an important age where like your your emotions are going to be all over the place. And that's okay. And I think like that's the main takeaway for me is that when you watch something like this, it's a coming-of-age film in a literal sense. People grow up. People are kids. People are teenagers. People are adults. Like We all go through some type of emotional maturity and physical maturity that we can relate to that like that. And we can, we can understand that. So when I watch this movie and I'm like, oh, wow, that was a pretty great representation of uh, someone coming into their own and discovering who they are and um, a literal transformation of themselves. Like, I thought that was beautiful. But then when you go online, you see all these people ripping and roaring about uh, Pixar not warning people that this is about a girl's period. Okay? What's your point? Like, I just, I don't understand, like, why you're so upset. Like, that is a natural part of half of the population's lives. That's a very relatable thing. For some people. So I, I just don't understand like 
why that is so naughty to talk about with kids. Like, it just maybe you as a parent should, I don't know, talk to your kids a lot more about certain stuff like that and, instead of being upset about a movie that's doing it. It's just like the movie is just a reflection of like how people grow up and like what it can what it means to people. I just I I don't know. I'm just very confused as to why people are outraged by that. Um, yeah. And as far as, like I said, the kids, uh, talking back to the parents, that's like every animated movie. That's a lot of kids movies. That's a lot of family films. So you're, you're telling me that kids cannot like yell at their parents once or like have any type of stance in anything. They just need to be like little soldiers and like run around. It just, it's such a weird mindset. Um, but yes, I, I, I realize that like me as a guy, like I'm never going to understand, um, periods and certain things that women go through when they, they grow up. I took it as, as a man watching it, just, um, you know, we've all been there through puberty change and like what it, what it can do to people and how it affects your thinking and like, you know, what it means, um, emotionally and mentally, like that is what I related to. And like, yes, I will never understand that component, but I can be empathetic towards it. And so I guess it's just a different way to think about it. Like when you're watching these things, you're like, I watched it and I seriously thought like, wow, what a, what a, what a great, um, um, just coming of age film for Pixar. And then you, you just look online and people are just throwing stones at it for no reason. And I'm like, these, some of these people in this country are just repressed. They are just, they just are. And it's sad that they teach their kids that. It's just like, I think people just need to think for themselves and like stop freaking out over stuff that actually like happens naturally. Like I just, it'd be different if Pixar like um, uh, caught you off guard and like did something like, you know, did something in a film that is just really inappropriate for, you know, maybe like young kids is like five or six, like, you know, Pixar had like a sex scene or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm sure, like, that would be cause of concern. It'd be like, you know, sex scenes are fine in movies, but probably not for that. <laughs> um, so, like, yes, I'm sure there there are certain things that, you know, parents wouldn't want kids to see in a Pixar film. I totally get that. But to be outraged over these situations is just absolutely asinine to me. So, that's my piece on it. So, um, yeah, to all the people that are just absolutely concerned to show their kids this, Show it to them. Make them ask questions. Talk to them about it. Just be an adult. I don't understand why that's so hard. Anyways, uh, so that is uh, just me addressing the turning red controversy. So, Pixar as a whole. What a fantastic studio. I remember when I was a kid and Toy Story came out, I was five years old. And I was just blown away by it. I watched that movie so much as a kid. I worn out the VHS cassette um, and the cover of it. Um like the plastic covering that goes around the tape, like it was like nearly destroyed because uh, I used it so much. I absolutely love that film. And so just seeing their their growth throughout all these years has just been outstanding to watch. But some of the ones that really kind of stuck out to me, even as like I got older as an adult, I realized that, you know, when you go back and you watch some of the ones that you watched as a kid, they still have an emotional punch to it, an emotional maturity that might affect you differently as you watch it um as an adult versus a kid, you'll, you'll have a different uh, connection with it, a different experience with it. And I think that's, that's kind of beautiful about Pixar films is that any age group 
can interpret it differently. So, you know, it started out with me with Toy Story. I was there uh, part of the OG days of um, Pixar. And I remember watching like A Bug's Life and like Toy Story 2. And like, it was just like a ritual every two years or every year to see a new Pixar film. And, you know, seeing a Pixar film in theaters and having them have a teaser for their next one, just such a great feeling to know that they, they continue to make more and more. One of the ones that really uh, stuck out with me as a kid was um, The Incredibles and Monsters, Inc. I remember watching those specifically in theaters and just being absolutely blown away by the, the animation and the story and the voice performances. Just everything kind of came together to make a really just unique experience. Um, another one that really kind of affected me was uh, was Wally. I thought that was my first introduction to Pixar as we kind of see them today with having some like commentary and having this emotional weight to it that is it catches you off guard. So Wally was one of those first ones. And then Up. Up and Toy Story 3, back to back, like not even a year apart from each other, two of the best one-two punches from Pixar, I think thus far uh, in their lineup. Like Up to me was the film where I was like, okay, they're going into, you know, unseen territories and like they are really... Uh, really honing in on real life uh, type of stories. They do have some fantasy elements to it, but they have this uh, real sensibility to it that just is so grounded in real emotions that we go through as humans. It's just absolutely incredible. Oh, and that, that brings up my other point. So you're telling me that people are going to be pissed off about turning red talking about periods, but you're going to show your kid up about someone's wife going through like some really bad like illness and um they even uh, uh address and show uh I'm blanking on the word excuse me for a second um a miscarriage that was explicitly in the opening montage so what if your what if your kids had a question about that like that to me would be a little bit more um worrisome than a period like i i just anyways i'm going off on a tangent but yeah someone dies in the first 10 minutes of that but turning red showcasing what it's like growing up um as a teenage girl is just too much whatever anyways up fantastic and then toy story 3 i i love that whole um series but toy story 3 to me i think is the the pinnacle of that series and that one really stuck out to me as being one of the best ones. And that was 12 years ago. And it still resonates with me to this day. And then the next one that really got me. And it might be my favorite. I, I don't know. Like if I ever did like a, a true list. It's got to be top three. Inside out. I was one of the few adults in that movie theater. And I cried my freaking eyes out. Um, that one to me. Was a great introduction into psychology for like emotions for kids and that it's okay to be happy. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel all these things at once. And like, it's okay to be sad and not feel ashamed by it and all that stuff. And I thought that was really beautiful stuff. It's, it's definitely one of my favorites. And that one really kind of stuck out with me. Um, Coco really great one. Um, director Lee, uh, Unkridge, uh, who directed toy story three as well. Coco really pushed the boundaries for me, 
for the first time uh, in terms of Pixar, you know, with like the PG rating and like what they can actually show, like there was murder in that movie. Like it was crazy how much they, they pushed to the limits, but I absolutely love Coco. Incredibles 2 was also really good. Also pushing the limits to the, the PG rating uh, once and once more, which just kind of showed me that Pixar is willing to lean in to more of the mature aspects. And uh, I, I respect that. And then I think the last one um, that really affected me uh, just as a very powerful film was Soul. I really love that one. Um, that one just probably the most impressive animation I've seen from Pixar thus far. Very photorealistic and just really captures the beauty that is life uh, in like real full 3D. And so I, I really uh, appreciate that. And the music and just the, you know, it talks about the afterlife and death and like it's just it's crazy mature but once again you guys have a you guys are okay with showing people that but my god someone um uh addressing puberty in a pixar film that's that's too far get over yourself <laughs> so um but yeah soul was like the last like big one that kind of affected me but yeah i think that would kind of be the top five top six right there i would just kind of have to rearrange them in order but those films that I just um, talked about on the Pixar list are the ones that have really um, affected me the most. And uh, I, I'm really excited to just see any Pixar film that comes out. And speaking of that, they had one come out on Disney+. Plus, Which, by the way, I don't like the fact that the last four of these have been just shafted on Disney+. Plus Without any premium pay. And then like Raya and the Last Dragon, Black Widow, and a couple others, you did premium pay and you had to pay $30 for it. Oh, and Jungle Cruise. But Pixar, you can just throw in there for free. Like, that makes no sense. So, because the Pixar films are arguably better in quality. So, why not give them the premium experience? I, that makes no sense to me. Anyways, the last four have been dumped on Disney+. Plus. Um, I kind of wish they didn't. But the newest film, uh, Turning Red, uh, hit Disney+, Plus on March 11th. So, when we come back from the break, I want to talk about it. Um, and I'm excited to dive into it. So, I'll see you guys then. And welcome back from the break. Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about Turning Red. So going into it, super, super fan of Pixar. There you go, super fan of Pixar. Um, I was five years old when Toy Story came out, so like that was my jam. I loved it to death. And then just seeing the company grow throughout all these years and seeing them mature with each film and just becoming thematically richer as an adult, when you watch these verses when you were a kid, you just start to appreciate them more and they have more emotional weight to it and they definitely um, tug at the heartstrings more and they're just really just powerful storytelling. And then you can show your kids that and then they can become fans because of the, the animation and the voice performances and the humor. They can like it on that front and then once they get older, they can start to appreciate it in the same way. Then they have kids and the cycle starts all over. So Pixar is a generational company and I absolutely love that. They just keep getting better and better. So with Turning Ed, uh, Turning Ed, Turning Red, I remember watching the trailer and I was like, this looks like a cute coming of age film. Cool, I, I love it. It's from director Domi Shi, who directed the Bao short film, short film from Pixar. I think that debuted in from Onward? Soul? I don't even remember. It's been so long at this point. And of course, being in the pandemic, your, your perception of time is just way off. But anyways, I thought she did a really great job on that short film, really utilizing the 
minimalization of dialogue and just using visuals as a, as a form of just storytelling and really just, um, um, you know, showing perspectives from multiple characters without saying hardly anything. And I thought that was really, really wonderful. And I thought one of their better ones, if I had to rank them. So a lot of great uh, components going into this. And I watched it and I liked it. And I was like, I, I don't know how anyone could hate this. It just, it's a wonderful coming of age film. And it tells it in such a unique way where, you know, if anyone that's a preteen that watches this movie, they will, they will watch it. And I think they will understand the feelings that they are going through as well. It's something we can all relate to. Yes, the, uh, uh, the main girl uh, is 13, uh, and there's definitely a lot of metaphors for womanhood and just uh, how a woman's body changes over time, but it is something that, you know, boys can relate to as well, and, you know, just growing up and how that is fearful and that is scary and, you know, it's, it's, it's going into the unknown, but growing up is a part of life, and uh, puberty is also a part of life, and so I think this film really showcases that in definitely a family-friendly way, which I didn't think was was possible. Um, but they make it work. And, and you know, I, I think kids will probably watch this and maybe question certain things. But I think that's great that Pixar um, is willing to kind of go down some of those those routes uh, and really kind of start those conversations. So good, good for them for uh, taking a swing on this and uh, batting a home run because it, it could have gone south very, very poorly in um, – I just thought the way they told it was just uh, was really nice. And so director Domi Shi does a really great job of utilizing this um, hyperactive animation, this uh, the type of animation that it feels over the top and it feels goofy. Um, but given the the subject matter and like what the main character turns into, which is a giant red panda, that makes sense to make it a little bit more fantasy driven. Uh, and the animation is definitely uh, some of the faster. Uh, kind of Pixar animation I've seen in a while where every character just seems like they are hyper all the time. But it adds such a, a unique personality and energy to it that um, I think really reflects the main character, Mei Li, who is also kind of this this quirky, creative, and kind of just um, friendly person. And I think the animation style matches her personality. So a great job um, picking, it, picking that out um, directing-wise because you know, that's just stuff that we don't even think of, but that's the way I kind of interpret it. And so, and then also the actual story and, you know, just seeing how it plays out and seeing Mei Li, um, uh, you know, transforming, you know, a, a, as a person and just seeing her grow up and uh, understanding like, you know, the changes in her body and the changes in her social life and her family life. Watching all of that, it was funny. It was... Um, very sad. It was, uh, it was touching. It was a, a great family film. It was a great, um, personal story for May Lee. And you can really see the director's influences really just kind of, uh, injected into this story. And that really makes it a, a very personal touch to it. And I think that's why the emotions hit a little harder because you can definitely tell that the artist Domi, Shi really poured her heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears into this film, into the story and how it was told. And it was just, it was just beautiful because it, it's, um, and then towards the end, what was really amazing about it was it wasn't just about a 13 year old girl going through womanhood. It was also about maybe how parents, um, can have certain things happen in their childhood that really kind of mold who they are and maybe 
some of the regrets and like just things that they haven't been able to let go, it's also a film that teaches us not to um, hold on to stuff like that and, and to grow as people and not be stuck in our old ways. Like, it, I don't know. It just, it was the type of ending that even if you're an older uh, person watching this, I think you can also find something in this. And it's not just about, you know, preteens, you know, growing up and becoming teenagers, um, which is a very important part of the story, but it's also for adults too. And just uh, how, how you can grow up and not be stuck in your past uh, per se. You can also find ways to kind of move forward as a person and grow and not be stuck um, in your old ways. So I thought that was also beautiful. Um, I mentioned the uh, animation. I thought it was uh, really well done. Uh, once again, kind of having this fantasy element to it while also staying grounded in the city. Um, I thought it was a it was a great blend. But when you're dealing with, you know, uh, the main character turning into it like a giant red panda and the panda's walking around everywhere and people can see that, it's okay to go a little fancy with it. Uh, I, th I think it works for this uh, this type of uh, atmosphere that Domishi created. Uh, but the animation was stunning. Uh, I, what I like about Pixar is that they're slowly becoming um, realistic, <laughs> like photorealistic with their animation. They're, the hair, the textures, the environments all look super real. It is super creepy. The uh, like character designs are, aren't there yet, but they will get there to a point where like we're looking at faces that are going to be so photorealistic, it's going to look like it's real people in these movies. So they're getting there. But the animation in this one is uh, is quite stunning, um, and I think really adding that fantasy element to it um, really just makes the animation pop a little bit more. It's super vibrant. Uh, the music is also really well handled, um, really tapping into each scene, whether it be you know uh, an awkward comedic scene or an emotional rift in the storytelling. It just plays into it, and I really enjoyed it. It takes you on a ride. And the voice performances. I think are, are some of my favorite from Pixar. They they feel like they they don't even feel like they're um, people talking in a, a recording booth. They really don't. Rosalie uh, Chang plays Mei Li. What a breakout performance! Um, being the the lead character and not making it feel like I was listening to like I said someone in a in a recording booth. I saw Mei Li on screen. And because she added so much life and personality and character into the way she she worked her voice and just the energy that she had and how it, it played into the dialogue and when when it was certain scenes that you know required a, a dial back in tone like she would also dial back in her voice. It's just it was the type of voice performance that really just played really well to the beats of the story and the beats of her character, and it was. It was outstanding. I haven't seen a, a voice performance in an anime, animated movie like that in a very long time. So she, I think she's a breakout star. And then uh, Sandra Oh is uh, also in it. Wonderful. I love hearing her uh, pop up in uh, in movies. She definitely has like that that motherly voice, that that uh, parental figure type of presence. Where like you, when you listen to her talk, you want to sit down and listen because she's about to tell you some great advice. Um, but I thought she did uh, a great job. And I thought everyone else, once again, just um, provided so much to the environment and the atmosphere of the animation. I thought everyone did a killer job. But I cannot um, stress enough how the main character, uh, played by Rosalie Chang, just 
it blew me it blew me away uh i haven't i would say it's on par with something like um like a tom hanks as uh, as woody where you watch the movie and you're like that's not tom hanks that's that's woody that is a toy with this one you can look at me like this is a 13 year old girl um discovering who she is and growing up like that's the way i felt so yeah i, I and uh i think that's i think that's about it but it's just a really wonderful film and i think uh, if you were into you know pixar like i think you should just watch this regardless because i, I want to know different people's um perspective on it but this was uh definitely a journey that all of us can uh can take reflect on or if you were in the the age group that this uh story is being told with you might uh feel comforted knowing that like yes growing up is scary your body's gonna change that stuff is gonna be scary too but it's gonna be okay and uh it's just a part of life and you know i think uh th that's why this film just works because it, it just it hits all different spectrums of all age groups and um I think that's really wonderful. And that is my review of Turning Red. Hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed that review. And let me know down below what you thought of the film, whether you liked it, loved it, hated it, all that stuff. I am curious to know your thoughts. But that will do it for this uh, episode of the Real Me and Cold Movie Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Episode 352 in the bag. Uh, next week for episode 353, we'll uh, be over The Lost City. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, I like romantic comedies and I like, you know, um, great, you know, romantic comedy leads and how much fun they can bring to a film. So I'm, I'm hesitant, but I'm hoping it's a fun time, but that will be next week's episode. And then, uh, most likely Morbius, um, the following week. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's the way I was going to do it. So, um, and then you will get also many reviews if you have not uh, seen them of deep water master and x um so you will have many reviews of that as well um over the course of the next few days at the time of this episode dropping so look out for those but that will do it for this episode of the roman coma podcast thank you for joining me i am your co-host chase lee i hope you guys have a wonderful day or night or whenever you're listening to this and uh please 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 spread this around let people know that movies are like the greatest thing in the world and the greatest thing to talk about and i really hope you guys enjoyed um this episode and uh we'll see you guys uh, for the next one bye bye <music>